everybody. Welcome back to the BLP Bulletin. I'm Danielle Berman and it is Monday, November 15th. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us for another bulletin. Hopefully you're already following us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Big League Phil and on Instagram at Big League Philanthropist. And you can get a sneak peek of the awesome guests we've been having on the show. We've got one coming up in a couple weeks, so you won't want to miss out. And of course, if you know someone that we should be talking to and interviewing on the show, reach out and let me know. You can email us at info at tacowhatsnext.com and we will get them right uh, scheduled for an interview. So here we go. Let's get right into this week's bulletin. Sports shared a story that circulated also around ESPN last week about Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris. Harris and his family experienced homelessness when he was growing up, and now Harris is using his resources and platform to partner with Lowe's to renovate that same shelter. The shelter is called GRIP. It will get new appliances, paint, carpet, a computer, a grill, a rock wall, some extra landscaping and a playground. Harris said he wants the place to feel more like home. I love this. I think it's great that he's advocating uh, in this way and really giving back to a community of people that's really means a lot to him. Very authentic. Very great to see. Front Office Sports also shared in their newsletter that New York Knicks star Julius Randle has pledged to donate $500 for each three-point shot he makes this season to former NBA star Earl Monroe's new charter school in the Bronx to support their math and literacy programs. And investors are matching those pledges with $2,200 per shot. So that's some great resources going into the school. The Earl Monroe New Renaissance Basketball School, which is the name of the school, is a charter co-ed tuition-free high school. They have a total student body of 440 boys and girls, and they seek to foster unique, innovative, and hands-on learning environments. So I think it's really cool that Julius Randall and some investors, they're going to be sending $2,700 to the school per shot that's made this season, three-point shot. So I think that's really awesome. Uh, exciting to see that collaboration there. And some more fun facts, Hashtag Sports shared some data in their weekly newsletter about a report from DAZN and the female quotient on the visibility of women's sports. Per the survey, 64% of surveyed consumers said they don't watch women's sports because they, one, don't know enough about the athletes or teams, two, they don't have as many opportunities to watch, and three, they aren't aware of where they can watch games. This stat is what so many women's sports advocates say is a part of the problem of growth for women's sports. The games just don't get the visibility they need on broadcast TV, cable, or the general media to gain fan bases. Things are changing now, but thanks to organizations like Goal Sports, Together, and Just Women's Sports, we you know, we still have a long way to go, but they're doing amazing work. And speaking of, I hope you've marked your calendars for the NWSL finals on coming up on Saturday, November 20th. We're watching the Washington spirit take on the Chicago red stars at 12 PM on Saturday, the 20th on CBS. So tune in, check it out. Uh, hometown Washington spirit here playing for the finals. That's very exciting. Moving right along, uh, my alma mater, Syracuse University, and the sports management program there is hosting their 17th annual sports charity auction, also on November 20th, in the backcourt of a Syracuse basketball game. They're going hybrid this year, so you can participate too. The funds will go to support the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation, which strives to enrich the lives of kids within uh, our central New York community, as well as provide support for eliminating cancer through research and advocacy. 
Uh, when I was at Syracuse almost 10 years ago, which is crazy to say, I worked the auction a bunch of times and the work that these students put in, it's such a great uh, amount of work for a good cause. This is a totally student run event. And over the past 17 years, since the first one started, this event has raised over $567,000 for nonprofits in the central New York region. Another reason you want to support one of our former team Tackle What's Next interns is heading it up this year um, and a couple others are a part of it. So a huge, huge good luck and uh, awesome work, work to Luca and then Alexa and Christian and the SU team putting that on. Uh, good luck, guys. I hope it goes well. I'll be checking it out online. And if you're interested in some good Christmas gifts, everybody, visit the auction website. The link is in our show notes and support for a good cause. All right, moving into the international world here, international football star Marcus Rat Marcus Rashford received an MBE from the royal family. An MBE stands for a member of the British Empire. If you were going to go look it up like I did, I did some research. This award goes to individuals who have made outstanding achievements or service to the community, which has had a long-term significant impact. If you remember, we spoke on the bulletin before about how Rashford had spearheaded a free school lunches campaign in the UK during the pandemic. He advocated for the program in parliament and really was one of the primary forces pushing it forward. So a huge congratulations to Rashford for this huge honor and recognition. I know this is just the beginning of his charity work, uh, just the beginning of his impact he's going to make, but this is a huge honor. Uh, and so congrats to him. Another exciting thing going on internationally, Loria Sports for Good and Sports Pro have partnered to produce the Sports for Good Index. This index champions brands that make a positive impact through sport. The index recognizes and celebrates the collaboration, innovation, and creativity by brands that span across the 17 sustainable development goals set by the United Nations. I linked the report itself in the show notes. I really recommend you check it out. Uh, my friend, Paul guest at sports pro is quoted in the report about the goals of, this, of the index. And he says that sports pro and Laureus's ambition is to inspire and accelerate action from other brands and sports stakeholders to implement their own triple bottom line strategies. Remember, we've heard from John Balcom and his third win group, his third win idea that there should be some kind of triple bottom line. So I think this index is a really cool resource to look through and see what some big brands and smaller brands are doing using sport as a tool for good. I really love the celebration of those doing good right now. Again, we talk about this a lot. We have a long way to go till sports is equitable in the larger world as well. But I think celebrating those who are moving us forward in the right direction is so important. Recognizing those best practices and what's going right is really the best way we can move forward by encouraging others to do the same. And speaking of Sports Pro, they also had an article about some of the steps the sports world should be thinking about when approaching climate change. Matt Rogan, who's a senior contributor at Sports Pro and a Playbook Labs lead, spoke with Dr. Tom Tanner, director of the Center of Development, Environment and Policy at SOAS University of London. Their takeaways were the following, and I'm summarizing a lot here. So go back and read the article if you are interested in learning more about what they are talked about. One of the summaries was, or one of the takeaways, I should say, was prepare for unpredictability. AKA, we don't know what the impacts of climate change are going to look like, but 
let's just look at what we've experienced, let's say in America, extreme heat, dangerous weather, natural disasters. We know sea level rise is going to absolutely impact the world, but think about the sports world as well. Uh, it might be too hot to play games at a certain time. Maybe there's dangerous weather patterns that are going to interrupt a tournament. Maybe sea level rise is going to uh, change up how we, you know, continue to play sports. A lot of cities are coastal that have big sports teams around the world. So that's going to be something to prepare for. Their second takeaway was think through your entire supply chain. They spoke about the wider implications beyond just stadiums and game day. Think sportswear, think garment factories, think equipment producers. Climate change can disrupt the supply chain. Look how COVID disrupted supply chains. So they recommend being really thoughtful about the resilience of your entire supply chain, not just, you know, your local business and what's going on in your region. And their other takeaway was to focus your efforts in three areas. This reminds me of what we talk about a lot here on the podcast in our interviews and here uh, on the bulletin. Focus really matters. If you're trying to do everything, you won't do anything. This applies when you're talking about building a nonprofit, when you're talking about contributing to a cause, but it also applies when you're talking about fighting climate change. It's more important to make small progress than no progress at all. So they recommend that whatever your role or sector of the industry, make changes in the energy, food, and transport, but pick three areas, right? They recommend those three, energy, food, and transport, but pick three areas that you know you can make small progress in and focus on that. You can always expand out from there. Uh, moving on, Axios had an interesting story about the news that we're all focusing on and interested in, in 2021 versus 2020. They found that sports has been replacing political news as the most popular in the U.S. Six out of the top 10 stories here in the United States are sports related. The other four are political. As we know, sports took a backseat to just about everything that happened in 2020, which felt like maybe 10 years in one. <laughs> but it's important to understand the dynamic between interests. What I took away from this article is that when politics is stable and more business as usual, and I think it is now, at least compared to 2020, people are able to relax. They're able to really enjoy entertainment like sports and concerts and music, right? Calm politics is good business for sports, which I think I think it's something we're going to have to look at and see what major sports properties, owners and names do when it comes to the next midterm and presidential elections. It's plain to see that in 2020, sports was tumultuous. Everything was shutting down. People were you know, not even worried about sports. Viewership was down. Everything was down. Now in 2021, sports is taking more of a front seat. People are able to enjoy it a lot more because we have more stable political situation. So it's something to think about if you're in the sports business, if you're a leader in a sports business, thinking about the political situation is very, very important. And I think that's another intersection of sports and politics that maybe isn't so clear and talked about as much, but it definitely was something that I took away from the Axios article. And unfortunately, that leads me to our next story. As much as I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, we probably need to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He violated NFL protocol and was fined only $14,650 for not wearing masks at press conferences, attending team events without being vaccinated. He didn't follow the protocols. I believe if you're not vaccinated, you had to undergo like daily or bi-daily testing. Um, you had to like isolate from different things, couldn't attend non-mandatory team events, things like that. 
But this was only after the league and the world learned he was not vaccinated when he was sidelined from COVID. The reason this became an issue is because earlier this year, Rogers was asked directly if he was vaccinated and his thoughts on vaccination. His response was, I've been immunized, which was extremely misleading because he's not vaccinated and said he had been taking advice and doing his own research from people like Joe Rogan, which we all know is a little bit questionable. He said the following on his second appearance on the Pat McAfee show, where he announced uh, his his kind of first uh, yes, I'm not vaccinated, you know, that kind of a thing. And the second appearance, he said, I do realize I am a role model to a lot of people. I want to start off the show by acknowledging that I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading to anyone who felt misled by those comments. I take full responsibility for those comments. And then he added, I'm an athlete, not an activist. When he asked about when he was asked about his comments on how the right or the left side of the political aisle considered his statements. He said, I shared an opinion that was polarizing and I misled some people about my status, but in the end, I have to stay true to who I am and what I'm about. And I stand behind the things that I said. Look, I get that not everyone wants to embrace that role model activist status. I just think it's too bad that someone in Roger's shoes won't use that platform for good. Clearly, he has the right to his opinion. I just wish he wouldn't have willingly misled the public about his stance since he seems so convicted in this that he he really doesn't want to get vaccinated. He feels so strongly about it. I just don't understand why he felt like he had to mislead them. Clearly, he also misled his own team and his own company because they weren't aware that he was not vaccinated. So again, I just I think it's a little crazy, but it, it's I think it's important that when we highlight folks that are on the, you know, very um left side of the spectrum, people fighting for different causes, people using their platform as an activist. I think it's important that we also talk about folks that are advocating for different causes that I might not agree with or stances that I wouldn't have taken, but it's important to see that athletes believe many different things and have many different opinions. Um, I respect the right to his opinion. Again, I just wish that he would have been more convicted about this from the beginning uh, and had let people know because he did put his team at risk, unfortunately. Okay, but I want to end on a good note. I want to go to the other side of the spectrum here with our role models and activists that are embracing that title over in the WNBA. We have more good news coming out of the WNBA, which I think is just going to become a regular weekly thing. The Players Association is continuing to kick butt with their offerings for their, their players. The WNBPA recently launched a partnership with Pepsi Stronger Together, the company's philanthropic arm, to give back to local communities. The partnership will provide programming in all 12 WNBA markets for their players. Players can leverage the relationships and connections from Pepsi to advocate and invest time and resources into causes that matter to them within their team cities. These women are just leading the way. I think I say this every week, but it's just incredible to see. They're really setting a blueprint for players' rights in their CBAs. Look, we have the MLB CBA that expires December 1st. We have NHL that's expiring soon. We have the NFL just renewed theirs, um, the NBA that's expiring soon. So there's, there's so many CBAs coming up. Um, and especially when you think about women's sports coming up, um, they're really leading the way for 
rights for players, but specifically women players. So women athletes, we're talking about fertility. We're talking about advocacy. We're talking about, you know, um, paid leave, all of these kinds of things, right? Pregnancy, what all these things that are going to happen specifically to women athletes. So I think it's fantastic what they're doing. I love to see it. And I'm glad we got to end with some good news from the WNBPA uh, this week. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to learn more about the world of sports philanthropy and athlete activism. I hope you'll follow us on social media and tune in to hear all of our amazing guests still coming up here in season three. We've got one coming up right after the Thanksgiving holiday that I know you'll love. So I'll see you back here next time for another BLP bulletin. And I hope you have a great week, everybody.